Welcome to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with John Balserac. John has been in the financial services industry for over 20 years and has dedicated his business career to helping families accomplish their financial goals by focusing on their core values, which involve balance and clarity of all four asset classes, financial, intellectual, social, and human. Contact John Balserac at 888-949-7475 or on the web at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. And now here's John to help you create lifestyles and build legacies. And welcome back to another show of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. I'm your host, John Balzerak, with A4 Wealth Advisors, and my amazing, the one and only, Mr. Tony Shore. Tony, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, John. Glad to be here. Good to see you again. You're looking good, and I know this is going to be a great show. I've had a great week so far, but you know, I always learn something from you here. How about you? I know you've been traveling and been yeah, very busy. Yeah, we have. We have. We've, we, we took our whole family over to Kyrgyzstan to visit my wife's family, so that was a fantastic trip. I think my kids realize how good that we have it back here in the United States, but it was <laughs> it was eye-opening, and it was beautiful over there, and uh, we got back safely, so everything is good. We're ready to ready to work and ready to have a great show today. Oh, that's great. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited about it too. I can tell you are. Uh, and I know our listeners are going to love this one. What are we talking about today? Today's episode focuses on money issues that impact your marriage or other relationships. Okay, so I think it's a very, very, very important topic. And it's something that many of our clients have had to deal with at some point or another. And taking the time to address issues before they turn into problems can be very valuable. Yep. Uh, one of the main sources today is an investopedia.com article, uh, the top six marriage killing money issues. Oh. So that's, this is a good one. Uh, money can be a source of stress for individuals, for couples, and any other kind of interpersonal relationships. I think everybody knows that. And in fact, uh, according to an October 2018 American Psychological Association report, stress in America, 64% of adults surveyed are stressed out about money, which really is no surprise. Yeah. Um, so clearly, you know, money issues affect the majority of Americans out there. I think it's, I think one of the leading causes of divorce. It is, um, yeah. As well as many other things. So I think it's a great topic to discuss today. Well, yeah, our relationships uh, and our money and how our money affects relationships is huge. And money stress is something I think all of us have experienced at some point in our lives. Uh, when you add in relationships, the pressure cooker gets turned to 11, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think, you know, that's very true. And that's why on today's show, we're really going to focus on a few money issues that impact couples, uh, you know, starting with keeping separate accounts. Um, I know according to the investopedia.com entry, some couples decide to split expenses down the middle and pay their half out of their own private accounts. Uh, often this type of financial setup, you know, results in resentment uh, about who gets to spend on what and when. You know, I've seen this many times, you know, working with people out there, Tony. And it can even evolve into competition. In some cases, you know, having separate accounts can also lead to one partner hiding money from the other. 
Uh, you know, the drawbacks, of course, of separating finances can also include reduced buying power and eliminating other financial benefits that may come with marriage. Well, it seems like, John, joint bank accounts would be a good option then. Uh, I know that's what my wife and I do. What are some benefits to having a joint account? That's a great question, Tony. So there are several benefits uh, to a joint bank account. Uh, And according to the Balance.com article, should you have joint or separate bank accounts? Question mark. Um, You know, a TD Bank survey showed that 76% of couples said they shared at least one bank account. And joint accounts tend to provide more transparency and spending, uh, obviously for each person in the relationship. And they can also streamline some legal affairs. Uh, In the event of one of the couple passing away, joint accounts allow the surviving partner or spouse to have access or maintain access to the funds. Um, And obviously in my experience, Tony, you know, doing this business now for 23 years, some married couples also find that it's easier to keep track of spending, you know, because now, you know, these banks can do reporting and it can tell you, you know, how much money did you spend on Pizza Hut last month? How much money did you spend on eating out or going to the movies or maybe disposable income, maybe that you didn't agree on and therefore you're not putting enough money away for retirement. And I think that these, it seems like uh, positive reasons for a joint account, a good argument that a joint account would be a good thing. Yeah. And I think they certainly are. Um, however, there can be drawbacks uh, to a joint account as well. Uh, some individuals feel like they have less control or independence uh, when they don't have their own account. Uh, joint accounts can also lead to issues if the couple isn't communicating about spending. Uh, Perhaps you both assume the other was going to pay the electric bill and it never gets paid or the reverse. It gets paid twice due to confusion. Um, You know, those things happen. And joint accounts can also be potentially problematic uh, when a relationship ends. Uh, You know, because both parties have access to the money in the account, either person can withdraw the money and close the account. Uh, So, you know, that can lead to some very messy and uncomfortable breakup moments for people maybe that are not married out there that, you know, don't have a quadro in place. And and we've seen those things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen a a lot there. And and this whole scenario feels like something out of a movie. One partner empties the account and skips the country. Uh, That could make things a bit awkward. Yeah, it absolutely could. Um, So, you know, the other issue out there, Tony, is debt. And, you know, debt can be awkward and can be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, You know, debt is a serious issue for many Americans and can, you know, adversely impact a relationship. And it can take many forms, whether it's uh, credit cards, which we've talked about on previous shows, uh, car loans, gambling. Um, There's just a lot of stuff out there. And most people bring debt into a relationship. And, you know, debts that are brought into a marriage remain attached to the person who brought them in, you know? Now I'll tell you that, however, you know, there are nine states that have determined that debts that are incurred after marriage are generally owed by both partners. So, you know, these are things that I think that people need to be aware of. Yeah, I I didn't realize that some states had that rule. Uh, What states does that impact? So those states are Arizona, uh, California, Nevada, Idaho, Washington, New Mexico, uh, Texas, Louisiana, and Wisconsin. 
So you're not liable for most of your spouse's debt that was incurred before marriage in these states, but any date incurred after the wedding may be shared by both individuals, even when applied for by only one member of the relationship. Ah, that's hard. So that's, you know, that's important to know. Um, might want to run a credit report and see what's going on. Uh, that can potentially be a problem that causes resentment, like we've talked about on previous shows, and especially if one member of the partnership feels like they're paying for a debt that they shouldn't have to cover. I mean, if you go out and, you know, buy yourself a new Harley, your wife probably shouldn't pay for it, Tony. Um, <laughs> unless she just really likes to ride in the back of it. I don't know, you know. So I recommend that couples discuss their existing debt before combining their financial lives. And they could even potentially enlist the Council of Financial Services Professional uh, to help facilitate the discussion. Okay. They can also reach out to our office. Um, it's 800 number 1 855 And we could help counsel them on what to do. So I think that's really, really important. And then also just get a second opinion on your entire plan. Ironically, a lot of people out there, Tony, don't even have a plan. Uh, they plan more for their family vacations than they do their financial futures. So if you need help in this area, we'd love to help you and sort things out and make a coaching plan that's going to help you reach your goals faster. Yeah, see, and that's what people need. Now, our time is just about up for this first segment. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we have to take a quick break here? No, um, I think that, well, you know, other than for people out there, if you don't have a plan, know that you're not alone. Um, many people don't, and many people just need help. So, you know, finding an advisor that can act as a fiduciary that can help you put together a plan, I think is critical. And if you've already got a plan, hey, have a second set of eyes look at it. Maybe there's something that's missing or that can be, um, you know, tuned up or shirt up, so to speak. And a great thing about our company, Tony, is we do it, you know, complimentary. Or there's no charge for the consultation. Uh, give us a call toll-free, 855-260-7361. All right. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies with our host, John Balserac. Good advice is something hard to come by. That is why you should find a financial professional who you can trust. Every financial choice involves trade-offs. It is helpful to have a financial professional on your side to help you organize your goals and have a better understanding of the pros and cons of any financial decision. At A4 Wealth Advisors, we focus on working with you to meet your financial goals and provide the advice that can help minimize the hazards you may face. Visit us today at A4Wealth.com. And welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. And our host, the man with the plan, is here, John Balserac. John, you're a world traveler. Uh, you just got back from traveling around the globe, and I know you're anxious to get back into it here, and this show's been a great way to jump in, uh, giving us information on, uh, really, our feelings about finances and uh, how our emotions and feelings can affect uh, our finances, you talked about that investopedia.com article, top six marriage killing money issues. And so uh, what else from that article do you want to talk about? You talked about joint or individual bank accounts and debt. Uh, what else from that article did you want to touch on? Yeah. So um, the investopedia.com article also refers to the next issue uh, as personality. And they define uh, personality as how you handle money. 
you know, are you a spender or a saver? We find out that most people are one or the other. You know, I like to take this one step further, Tony, and look at um, risk tolerance. Instead of jumping, you know, uh, at each partner or putting them into broad categories, it can be useful to learn what type of risk each member of the partnership is willing to be exposed to. I think that's critically important. And, you know, at A4 Wealth, uh, you know, we offer our clients the opportunity to take an analysis called our Comra, which is our color of money risk analysis. And it's gonna provide every, or each member, husband and wife, maybe with their own score. And we wanna make sure that we're managing the money according to their score, their risk tolerance, also their investment objectives and their time horizon. It's critical that, especially after you take the test, that you're doing what your test says you should do. So if you score a 46, but you're a 97, that means you're taking way more risk than you should, that you get your portfolio in line. Because the closer you get to retirement, that could be a major mistake. It could be a major hurdle. If you were to lose a lot of money right before retirement, you don't have enough time to recover. And now you gotta turn the portfolio into income that can obviously hurt you. Well, yeah, and that's an interesting tool to me. Uh, tell us a bit more about the different colors that are involved in the color of money. I always thought my money was always green, uh, but how, how do you define the color of money? Sure, well, your money is gonna be green in your wallet, right? But, <laughs> but here's, how we, here's how we define colors, okay? So we have red money, and red money, Tony, are assets that are exposed to risk. For example, stocks bonds, mutual funds, uh, ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds, real estate investment trusts, they can all lose money, right? They can all make money, they can all lose money. (laughs) Then you have yellow money, and yellow money is really a red asset, but the difference is you have it being professionally managed, okay, by a professional money manager. So a lot of people don't really know how to trade or how to buy stock or how to invest. So... And then when they try, if they do it incorrectly, they can lose a lot of money. They can make a lot of novice mistakes. So we got red money, which is really passive, uh, yellow money, which is actively managed. And then we have got green money, which is not the money that in your wallet again. This green money is money that does not have any risk or has a lot less risk. Uh, again, it may not have the same growth potential as yellow money or red money, but it's less likely to go down. And a lot of times it can even be insured or guaranteed so these are good things because you don't want to have all your buckets that are at risk. You want to have some safe money too. And we think that that's uh, you know, very, very important. Yeah, that's huge, uh, obviously. Uh, what's next on the potential relationship harming financial issue list? Uh, I, knew, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> um, so, Tony, uh, the power play is another money issue that Investopedia notes um, – that can harm relationships, the power play. And that occurs when one partner's employed and the other isn't. Or if both partners want to work, but one is struggling to find employment. And we've seen this happen a lot today, right? People get laid off, they get right size, downsized, whatever you want to call it. And a power play deals with the imbalance of income and how the individual with more income or most of the income can control how money is being spent. There may be some rationale behind the idea, um, but it's still important that both partners cooperate and communicate. Now, you know, for example, my wife, she does work 
uh, some in the office, but she works a lot more at home taking care of the house and my kids, which even though my income is higher, we, we share equal responsibility. So my income is her income. And that's how it works in our household, even though she physically doesn't make it, or, you know, it doesn't actually come into her actual name. We, I deposit all those checks into our joint account. So it's both of our money. But we see people use the power play a lot out there. And as we mentioned earlier, uh, when discussing the pros and cons of different bank account options, a joint account offers greater transparency and access. Um, however, you know, it's not the sole solution to a lopsided power play or special money dynamic relationship. And I think, in fact, the transparency can be used uh, to further control spending. Um, and the imbalance can even lead to what some experts call financial abuse. Mm. Well, financial abuse, I admit I haven't heard that term before. Yeah, many people haven't. So, you know, there are many kinds of abuse and financial abuse is one of the more subtle forms. And this is according to a national network to end domestic violence report. And it was titled appropriately, Understanding Financial Abuse. And this kind of abuse is used to control and isolate partners. Uh, the experience is unique, obviously, in all relationships that are out there. But here's a few examples, okay? Controlling how money is spent, uh, restricting access to money, or giving an allowance, per se, uh, withholding access to necessities like medication or food, um, restricting, for example, a partner's ability to work or make money, or even in some extreme cases, theft of money, uh, credit card, or even identity theft. So, you know, the full report, by the way, is available as a part of the Moving Ahead Through Financial Management curriculum, and that can be downloaded for listeners out there at nnedv.org. So these are all, you, that list there, those are heavy things for us to consider, and it sounds like that report you're talking about is a really good resource, isn't it? Yeah, uh, so true. Um, you know, in fact, the report has valuable tips on some healthy and productive ways couples can talk about their finances and desires and needs. Uh, I think that that's critical, that there's an open line of communication out there. You know, every relationship out there and its financial picture is going to be unique, just like every financial plan is unique. And, you know, perhaps one member of the, of the couple manages the day-to-day -day finances and pays bills. Maybe the other makes the income. Um, but this, you know, this might be functional and even fit well with both individuals' personalities. You know, I will tell you that both should have access uh, to, you know, to regular input on all financial decisions. Uh, you, know, you know, and most couples that have healthy relationships talk about money. And they both know where their money's being spent. And again, there's 100% transparency. Uh, they support each other with their goals. And they move forward in the same direction. So, you know, if you're doing all that, then you're not going to be fighting about money. Um, but, you know, if there's non-transparency and people are spending money they shouldn't spend, you know, that just causes a lot of problems out there. Well, it causes a lot of problems. And I think uh, that's really a good point. Now, before we move on, share that website again where we can, ref you know, find that report for our listeners out there. NNEDV.org. It's a great resource, and you know, for a lot of people out there, I recommend that you go there. And, and then if you're married, you and your partner should go there. Um, now, our time is almost up for this segment. We do have to take a quick break here, John. 
Uh, what else do you have for our listeners before we take that break? Yeah, I just think that at A4 Wealth, you know, you know, taking the planning process is very, very important and help giving clients clarity when it comes to their financial future. So I'd, I'd recommend that if you don't have a plan or you want to learn more about the show or some of the topics that we've talked about in past shows, pick up the phone and give us a call toll free at one 855 260 Again, that's 855-260-7361. right, sounds great. Listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies, and our host, John Balserac, after this. Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Income Toolkit from A4 Wealth Advisors now by going to a4wealth.com or by calling us at 888-949-7475. And welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host from A4 Wealth Advisors is John Balsrak. John, uh, we're here today talking about uh, really feelings and money and relationships, how our money can affect our relationships, vice versa. And one of the main sources you've been quoting from today, the top six marriage-killing money issues from Investopedia.com. And uh, you talked about a couple of other things, a report from NNEDV. Uh, now, in this segment, uh, I thought uh, we would turn our attention to the final two issues from that Investopedia article, uh, because we've covered a lot. I mean, you talked about debt and power plays, um, financial abuse, and what a characteristic of a healthy financial relationship would be. Um uh, now on to those final two issues. What do you have for us? Yeah, so the last two money issues that affect relationships are related. So literally, they are children and extended family. Ah, yes. Yep. So the decision to have children is a big question for any relationship. Raising a child, obviously, is no easy financial task. I can tell that personally, and I know you can too, Tony. Oh, yeah. Uh, according to the most recent available information, the average cost of raising a child uh, from birth to age 17, 233610 Wow. That's a lot of money. It is. So in a married two-parent middle-income family with two children, um, that's a lot of money. And that doesn't even include college costs. No, it does not. So this information comes from a 2017 U.S. Department of Agriculture USDA report using information from 2011 through 2015 and figured in 2015 dollars. So we're in 2019 now, but um, so you could probably index that a little bit. You're talking maybe 240, 245. That's a lot, Tony. And then of course we look at college. So, you know, I think that um, when you plan, you wanna, you know, hey, if you're gonna have kids and raise kids, there's a cost to it. Now, obviously having children impacts not just the pocketbook, or, you know, our pocketbook and wallets, but also the calendar. You know, does one partner stay at home? Um, And when children are younger, like my wife does stay home most of the time, you know, how does that impact long-term retirement strategies if you have one income earner? How does that affect career achievement goals? All those things I think you really have to think about when you're building your plan. 
Yeah, those are important questions to ask. And again, it really comes back to the three things that are vital to any healthy financial relationship. And that's, you've told me this before, John, compromise, honesty, and equality. Exactly. Exactly. So those are, you know, those three, Tony, you just mentioned are important when it comes to extended family relationships. And the issue of money and extended family can involve gifts that one side of the family can afford and the other can't. Or uh, the expectation of extravagant vacations and expenses that may not fit into the, you know, the partnership's budget. So it could even be loaning money to family members in need or for a business venture. You know, each of these scenarios can increase stress and cause problems in relationships or any type of partnership. So it's just important to, to realize that and know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, I think that's huge. Money can really drive a wedge between people. And I think we can all think of at least one example in our own lives where that's happened. Yes, you know, stress and friction between relatives over money. I mean, it feels all too common. You know, I've seen so many different scenarios where this has played out. And, you know, often we think of lending money when it comes to money challenges with extended family. Um, You know, it could lead to a lot of bad things. And that's why our last resource for today is an article from moneycrashers.com. Nine tips for lending money to family and friends. You know, I recommend not lending money to family and friends for a lot of different reasons. (laughs) Um, You know, you'll save yourself a lot. You'll save your friendships, number one, and your family relationships. But we're going to examine a few of the tips before we end our time together. Yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. uh, So, you know, first, let me say that in my opinion, you know, again, it's always dangerous to lend money. It really is to family and friends. For You know, it causes a lot of resentment out there. Uh, even if you have the best intentions, right? So, you know, know that going in, and we're going to kind of go into the first tip right now, which is uh, especially good, which is deal with cash only. You know, avoid any connection or contract that could impact your credit score. Pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, Only lend what you can afford. That makes sense. You know, don't overextend yourself. Uh, I think that would not be a good idea. No. You know? No. No, I think those are those are great tips, obviously. Um, anything else? Yeah, there are a few more that I'd like to touch on. Uh, they are you know, setting terms and getting it in writing. You know, Have a written document because people fight and say, well, you didn't say that. Well, I didn't say that. Well, if you got it in writing and you both sign it, you can't argue. I mean, it's in writing, right? Right. Uh, finally, worst case scenarios. It's fun to discuss the potential ramifications of breaking the agreement. You know, that could be late charges, uh, collection process, or even legal action. I mean, do you want to take legal action against your family or friends? This is why, you know, not lending in the first place. You know, if they can't go to a bank and get a loan, uh, I mean, you know, those, I know institutions have very strict underwriting. There's a reason. Because <laughs> a lot of loans don't get paid back. I just think that people could save themselves a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety by avoiding that. Yeah. I would agree. And you know what? We've covered a wide range of potentially damaging issues today. I mean, uh, we were, uh, you really covered the gamut here. We have. We have. And it's a different type of topic. The main yeah. thing is have a good plan and avoid making mistakes. Get a good financial coach. If you have a good coach and you talk to your coach and they say, hey, well, my brother wants 20 grand for a high risk business, your financial coach is probably going to say, no, don't do it. And you've just saved yourself your relationship and $20,000. 
So, <laughs> yeah, both. You the know mon- what I'm saying? The money and your relationship. Yeah. That's exactly right. And probably just years of anxiety and yeah. stress. So make good money decisions. Get a good financial coach. Give us a call toll free at 855 260 7361. Again, 855-260-7361. We'd love to help you. All right. Sounds great, John. And great show today. Listeners, that does it for today's episode of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies with our host, John Balsarak of A4 Wealth Advisors. Thank you for listening to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Call 888-949-7475 or visit their website at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. John Balserzak and A4 Wealth Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.